Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode two of Wonder Trekker, and I'm your host, Jess. This is a podcast of travel stories that explores mindfulness and transformation. I created this in hopes of thinking more intentionally about our travels and the positive impact we could make as individuals. In this episode, I spoke with Ugo, who shared his journey in the slums of Manila, or what the locals call the Happy Land. The slums don't always have the best rep, and many of Ugo's friends had warned him against it, but he had to see for himself. The dark, narrow alleys, the garbage dumps, and the stench of animal corpses, it was not a pretty sight. But in Ugo's memory, it was the smiles and the connection he made here that drove him to help the community in his own way. This is his journey of compassion and self-love. hear more about it like how did you get to where you are today yeah that's um, where should you start right <laughs> well that, that's at the big piece of life <laughs> that started a year and a half ago uh so i'm i am a designer i work in branding uh so i have this international branding agency's experience and i i was working for many years in shanghai doing my nine to six job being the being the normal guy basically right. um Aside of this, I've been always a photographer since the age of, of 10. I've been always curious about you know, the dark alleys. Mm. I've been always digging my hometown. Every every time I would travel, I would just explore without any goal, but just by the sake of Where curiosity. in France is your hometown? Um, I'm coming from, coming from Nantes in, in Brittany. Uh, so that's actually a lovely city where I, 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 I was spending more time in the street than at school, actually. But my mom doesn't know that. Okay. We can't share. But when I was bored in class, I would just escape and go for photography outside because I, I was too I was being too curious. I was I was amazed by 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 the environment, people interaction, the emotion we can we can see. Anyway, so I always have this, this double profile, uh, like full-time job slash creative mind, trying to or dreaming about uh, escaping and, and traveling. And one day, uh, I was supposed to go to Singapore for a new job, and my visa got rejected. Uh, well, a year and a half ago, that was dramatic, mm. completely dramatic. That was the end of my life. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I have no more job. When you come from this very systematic life, yeah. you bet everything I mean, on, on your professional activity. And, and so from a day to another, I was jobless, uh, back to France in transition. And uh, well, I decided that I would not stay at home and do nothing. Uh, my girlfriend was traveling in the Philippines. Uh, she was on a mission in Manila. And I, I, in that time, I had never been there ever. That was my, my very first time. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take my backpack, my camera, and just to to fly over to the Philippines. Um, I'm, I'm obviously not the kind of person who can stay in a hotel and, and just like <laughs> look through the window. I need to be outside. So I yeah. I think it, it took me not even not even a day to realize that Manila is, is an incredible city. Uh, it's it's so alive. It is so alive. No matter the district you're 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 in, uh, it can be the the, the fine, I mean the business district or or all the district district around. Uh, it's so contrasted. People are so 
so human. Like they're they're really honest with their emotion. It's like it's like black or white. Like mm-hmm. they like you or they don't like you, and and. And and they're straight up about it. Yeah. Well, usually they like you. I mean, beard, beardy white guy. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to stay hidden. But are you are you Movembering by any chance? No. <laughs> no, okay, no, 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 no. I'm not. It's just I'm I'm very hairy. <laughs> I have to, deal, I have to, to deal with that. Now you guys know I'm hairy. Um, so. It was incredible to travel this city. It was an amazing playground uh, if you are a street photographer mm. because there is so many contrasts in terms of architectures, the, the Portuguese architecture influence. Uh, there is this uh, old buildings, destroyed buildings, modern buildings, yeah. people living in the streets, uh, so like blue colors people as well. I mean, it's it, it's complete. It's it's vibrating. Yeah. Um, and it's not particularly organized. It's it's, no, it's kind of to it, your point, it, like it's, it's really raw. It's, it's chaotic. Yeah. It's very chaotic. And actually, it, it helped me a lot because I think that if you want to explore a place, you need to walk. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, 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 I travel a lot on my bicycle as well. You can't take a picture when you're on a bicycle. Yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's not the same approach. If you want to connect with people in the streets, you need to walk the streets. And the fact that there is no good transportation makes makes you walking for hours. Yeah. And and that what I did on the first day, first day in Manila, I walked for hours. Uh, I was shooting films back then, so which is nice that you're not really thinking about what you're taking. Yeah. Uh, you just focus on what you're experiencing here at the present moment. That's right. And my biggest realization when I was exploring Manila was that there is. A huge contrast between I would I don't like to use this word but poor people and, and rich people and and people living down the street without a house or without a home or a roof over their head and all the people working in the finance district and and I got curious to see how how deep this gap uh, how deep this hole was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after day one, I went back to the hotel and I started looking for well I, I didn't I didn't know that that word before but slums I started looking for. Well, what is the poorest area yeah. of, of the city? Like, I, I wanted, I wanted to see the bottom line. I wanted to see how how deep I could go, and that gave me a headline on my research. A place called Baseco, and and it has this funny name, the the Happy Land. It is quite famous somehow because it's one of the biggest. Uh, you have approximately, we don't have the exact number, but fifty thousand people living in. Once again, I realized uh, how data are powerful, but actually don't relate what reality is. So when you see 50,000, you're like, well, that could be any kind of number. But 50,000 of people, when you're surrounded by 50,000 of people, yeah. that's a lot of people. That's right. And, and, it's, and they are all living, uh, I mean, I've never seen such a level of poverty before. It's, it's, I think electricity arrived in this in this compound in, in the 2000s. Uh, the first time I went there, there were there were no uh, water. There was no drinking drinkable water. Uh, I mean, it's it's an open defecation areas, and, and people has uh, no home. They're living in the streets. Uh, many kids are affected with many illnesses, uh, typhoid fevers, uh, diarrhea. They have intestinal worms. They they. It's rough. Yeah, it's very rough. Like uh, I discussed with some 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 locals, and say, oh, Baseco is uh, the poopoo end because everybody is poopoo everywhere. So they're making a lot of jokes about yeah. it, but it's 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 a sad reality. It's mm. like in 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 an international city like Manila, you you would have a place where people have nothing, literally nothing, and this struggle. 
uh, dealing with with uh, like like basic human needs. Basic, yeah, exactly, yeah. basic human needs. What is incredible is how affected these people are also by uh, waste and and, and, and pollution. So the 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 compound itself is by the ocean. So it's where the Pasig rivers reach the the Manila Bay, mm. and Manila Bay is very affected by all the the waves of plastic that arrive every day. So the whole compound is covered with plastic. So they are living somehow like naked among the waste and trying to recycle and, and then survive amongst amongst it. It's wow. It's pretty. It's pretty hard to see, and and when you read in the news, it's all about negative facts. Like people are dying, there is drug dealers, don't go there for your safety, it's dangerous. Uh, even locals, I remember when I was taking, taking taxis, they were like, where are you going? And they were like, I'm going to, to Pasico. And they were like, oh, wow, I'm not going to drop you there. Uh, really? I'm, I'm, yeah. So they were basically uh, oh stopping God. the car, like, I would say, one mile away, and I would have to, to, to walk until until the entrance of the compound because... Uh, well, basically, some some people attack taxi drivers to get their money. So they, they it's it's a very dangerous place yeah. at the end of the day. But I don't know. I, I felt like I was not enough with the news. I needed to to see that. See it for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I I I believe that, that there is good in in each and every human human being, and and uh, and I, I wanted to to be sure about that. So that was a, a very a full decision, <laughs> but <laughs> and and my parents disagreed, but I, I just kept walking that that way, uh, and I, I remember to to go to Bas to Basico to this compound, you have this very long road, which is just a one way road, so it's or forward or backward, wow, right? And at each and every step, I was just thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? And the more you walk. The more you see your environment changing around you, so it's no longer cars, but tuk-tuk or motorcycles, and people start to look at you in a in a very strange way. Mm. But actually, I realized that very honest way, you know, looking at you, like thinking, who are you? Mm. People were asking me, really, who are you? What are you doing here? But it was not about I'm gonna attack you or or, or yeah. I'm gonna put you in danger. It was just. Uh, they were actually concerned for you. They were actually concerned for me, mm-hmm. but I, I was not able to translate that message yet. I was scared, and I, I, I was seeing this look as an aggression, uh, and that was, you know, feeling a, a dark, dark, dark feeling, uh, actually, about, about the experience. And then I just kept exploring until I arrived in a compound, and then here, nothing that you know about the world is like that. You're gonna see many kids. Uh, they're playing, or they're working, or recycling plastics. Many people living in in in, in wastelands. And uh, well, actually, the surprise is that they're all smiling at you, uh, most of them. And, and there is this this uh, this suddenly connection that is created between people, mm-hmm. between you and 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 them. And and even when you don't speak the same language. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Some of them speak a little bit of English, but it's very basic. Like, hello, sir, hello, sir, hi. And they just, like, smile at you. And, and, and the only thing they want is, is just to be smiled back. And, and that's it. And it's, it's incredible. And I realize that smiling at someone, it's already very powerful. It's actually an, an incredible... It's a powerful tool that we have. Like, the body language, the interaction. And, and this is when I, I, I let my fear go. 
What was your fear mostly about? Was it more about yourself getting by, or is it actually a fear of the people in there? Um, I was afraid of being attacked. Like you, you read so many stories of people getting stabbed uh, or, or being shot. Basically, uh, I mean, they can they can make money out of your organs as well. Uh, oh yeah, this is something that happens. Them, yeah, yeah kidney, kidney traffic happens a lot. But it's actually not a it's not a, a dark business. Like everybody's doing it. I have a friend who has a, a scar on his on his belly, and he's like, I did it to sustain my family. Oh my god! So people are actually wow. selling their their organs to to make money because they don't have anything to make money out of it. And then my friend told me that it happened in a in a hostel room, and there is a doctor who came and they just put him on the bed and they they, they put him to sleep, and when he woke up, actually the oh operation was over, but. The guy had escaped with his organ, so he he only had the down payment. Uh, I mean, oh my god! And that, that that happens to a lot of people. It's it's. I remember he told me the price for for selling his, his kidney was uh, three hundred thousand pesos. Uh, so I don't have the conversion in in, yeah, in, right. in Hong Kong, but I think it's. US seven seven thousand Singaporean dollars. Sorry, I'm being very okay, specific. That's okay. <laughs> uh, because I was in Singapore. Do your math, guys. <laughs> Do your math. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, the, the total price, but you only had uh, deposits one hundred thousand. Uh, I think that 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 helped him sustain his family for like a month or two, mm. something like that. And this is when when you realize that these people are actually not bad people. They're not. Uh, they're not what the society is saying about them. They're not. I mean, yeah, there are some criminals, but at the end, they're all doing this to survive. Mm-hmm. And when you understand where they're coming from, when suddenly you you tend to approach them with a different different eyes, and and you can open conversation with them and try to understand what's the struggle and 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 how it's life. But at the end of the day, they're people like you and I. We're just trying to protect their family, yeah. protect their children, and. And this place is the only place they can be at the moment. So it's it's a very, very uh, curious approach, basically. It's not like you have what society says about them. You have what the newspaper and the headline blame these people. And then you meet these people and you realize that it is because of society that they are here. Yeah. That they used to be like well, the so-called normal people with full-time jobs, but... Uh, I don't know, market crisis and suddenly the industry collapsed and they are jobless, they lost everything, they lost everything. Right. and the only place the society has left for them is this, this slum. slum yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's sad in a way because they're, they're, for, for, they're forgotten people. We live in a I want more kind of mindset. Yeah. We are always uh, looking for more. More, uh, more years of life, more money, more comfort, more, more, more. These people are living out of this is enough for me to live, and that's already a great difference. And it's, and I think this is why we're actually killing our planet right now because we have been exploding way too much. We we're always pursuing something bigger. These people kind of don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They just want to to survive, and as long as they can survive. They're okay with that, and it's 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 an amazing learning I had, also with with uh, native people that are uh, living in mountains and cultivating their own, growing their own food, and and they, they don't need they don't need any products there. They don't have any contact with plastic. They they just don't care. They're living at peace with with earth, mm-hmm. and 
and this is enough. And we, we, we tend to believe that we are the right one and they are the wrong and yeah. we need to bring them out of this. But when you go there, you realize that they're completely fine with the life they have. Some of them would, would need maybe necessities, like, like at least hygiene, clean water, clean water electricity. I mean, that's, that's basic. But they're definitely happier than we are. It's, and and it's, it's in a way, they're just smiling every day. And, this is, and we're complaining about so many things here. Like, you know, my phone isn't working. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, uh, no battery. And, uh, no, no battery. My Instagram, my life, blah, blah, blah. This is all bullshit. And, and, and these people, they're having so many struggles every day. They're, they're, they're dealing with, with, with illnesses, with death, poverty. And, and yet, they're, they're smiling. And they're supporting each other. And that was the greatest lesson of life I had from these places. It's to be welcomed by people who told me, you're a part of my family now. And I, I have a friend uh, in Basico, who I, we actually Facebook each other a lot. So he has, he has a Facebook account and he... he did he, you open it for him or did you... No, no, he had... <laughs> so actually, he's an incredible guy because he's a, he's a DJ, he's a, a, dr- a musician, he's a truck driver, he's a fisherman. So he, he has like multiple jobs because he needs to make money like from yeah. different, mm-hmm. different, uh, different activities. And he's also kind of famous in his district because he's a, a kind of a spoke person so every time there is activities or, or uh, events happening he's the one's going to entertain people oh, and, wow. and be the MC and <laughs> he's an incredible guy and actually speaks a very good English as well okay and uh, we met when I first explored the slum and since that day we became I think almost best friends and every time we we, 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 we met in, in we meet in Baseco, we just spend a time walking around the kind of the camp the compound and and he's gonna tell me about his life and I'm gonna tell him about mine and what it's incredible is that we have nothing in common. Right? Mm. The the two worlds we're coming from are completely so different. different yeah. And and we're I think somehow learning a lot from each other. It's like a complementary soulmate. Yeah. And he told me he brought me to his house, so his house is like just a it's a box and there are uh, there's, there's like there's no roof. It's just a, a woodboard plank, and there he has five kids, five children. So there are seven, and there's this like maybe five meter squares uh, house. And he told me, "I'm sorry, my friend. There's not that much space. But if you wanna come, this is your home." And I, I mean, that's incredible. You yeah. Know? These, these people are 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 so protective, and, and just want here to survive and protect their family. That's it. And I find it very, very, it's beautiful. I remember the very first interaction with one person. He was looking at me and he did this gesture with his finger. Uh, and he was basically saying, I'm hungry. So he was uh, telling me with his body language, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. And he was looking at me with... Did he like rub his tummy? Yeah, gr- yeah. he was rubbing his tummy and putting, putting his, his hand on his mouth. Ah. Basically, like, he, feeds, he, mean, he meant feeds me. Yeah. And... Uh, he was he was he was very uh, affected by life. He had he was covered with with scar and he was it was it was dirty, to be honest. Uh, very smelly as well. Mm-hmm. He was a very uh, very hard person to, to look at. But he was looking at me with the insistence and walking toward me, and that was the very first person I met. And I got really scared. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that guy was thinking at the first time. I was like, what does he want? And he was getting very close, so I just avoided him and, and walked faster and, 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 and that was it for this first encounter. But the takeaway was fear and I, I just escaped. So I was the one who was not reading him. Mm. And 
the very first day was pretty much like that with many other people. I didn't know how to how to interpret their their message. Uh, I also seen a lot of people under under drugs back then. Uh, some, some, I could see that they were they were slightly high and and the behavior was a bit weird. So I didn't want to stay around too long because. Once again, when you're not in control of, of the situation, you know where how, how could that go. So the first days was more about being quiet, silence, observing. I basically didn't take that many pictures. Uh, I I would never dare take a picture of someone if he doesn't agree. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. So if I don't dare asking, then no pictures. The camera was was on, in my jacket. I would just wanted to be a guy walking around to make sure at least they know I'm here and to see if they're okay with me being here. Mm-hmm. And here comes the funny part, because on the second day, so I met my friend, he actually came to me, uh, he ran after me in the slums, and he was yelling, my friend, my friend! <laughs> and I got so scared, because, well, when you're in France, yeah. and you are in an unknown environment, and someone runs after you with a slight accent, saying, my friend, my friend. Because you my friend, yeah. <laughs> you, something <laughs> terrible is going to happen to you. <laughs> but... I don't know here what happened. I didn't run away. I I turned back and faced him. And he ran, he ran towards me and he grabbed my hand and checked my hand. And he said, I want to be your friend. How many days are you here? I want to show you around. And he took me, it took me times because you never know. It's unexpected. Yeah. yeah, it's unexpected. What does he want? That was my first physical contact with a local person. Uh, it had a trap. Is he just seducing me and he's going to bring me in a... You know, in the back streets and, and stab me or steal my money or right, right. or is he just trying to get money from me? I don't know. But he talks, he seems friendly, and he tells me, when do you come back? Uh, let's meet tomorrow at my house, and I'm going to walk you around. And I go back to my hotel, and I, I basically don't sleep at all because I don't know if I have to go back or not. I don't know if this is a sign for me to, okay, it's time for me to stop because something terrible is going to happen. Uh-huh. Or, well, you know, pretty much doesn't matter here I am Let, let's keep digging and so I go back and now that guy is my best friend so <laughs> we to just to tell you it's a, it's a happy ending but to go back to how to approach people he told me that when you when you arrive in this place people are so hungry yeah that what you need to carry on is our bananas and so you bought, the, you bought bananas the next day I, I bought bananas the next day and I met with the same guy I met first who was still hungry, and I gave him a banana, and a smile came on his face. And then every day that I would walk by the street, and he would see me, he would say hi to me, and we became friends. And that's what it takes to communicate with these people. So it, it's not about how to open them, but it's how to understand what they're what they're saying, basically. And that was an incredible experience to to always put the smile on your face. Not a fake one. Just naturally be happy and, and trying to to be gentle with them. And, and and if they're hungry, yeah, give them something. Give them food. You know, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And and, uh, and you realize that with a very simple simple thing like a banana, you can create happiness for five minutes. And that's 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 a lot. Oh my god! I feel like this needs to be the episode title. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's actually something else because I'm, I'm I love it. I'm working on that book. Uh, it's just it's a photo it's a photo journey of the district, and there is an, an, a part which is called the uh, ah I forgot the, the secret of the bananas. Secret of the bananas. <laughs> and it's 
it's incredible. <laughs> I, I have this, this photo of my friends, and we're together walking, and he's walking, walking with like bags of bananas, and we have maybe like 30 bananas, and he told me, that's going to make your day. That's going to make your day to any, uh, any kind of places you're going to meet, any kind of people, give them something. Uh, not even money. You know, they don't care about money. Money is corrupted and they know it. Yeah. They, 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 they know that money, people can kill for it. So give them something tangible. If they need soap, give them soap. If they need, if they need food, give them food. If they need a hug, give them a hug. Like, that's also something that people, as I, I don't understand right now, helping became an industry. Yeah, it, and and donation monetize exactly, yeah, and and that that's wrong, uh, because, like since since we started donating money, I mean we have reached millions and millions and millions, and, and nothing has, has changed, but it's incredible to see how much you can change with just a smile and and, and a banana, yeah, and, and a <laughs> banana exactly. <laughs> what is what is what the the most rewarding experience was to go back to the place on day two, day three, day four, day five, and to see people remembering my name and people asking for my name. And like, who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you here? Uh, do you want to play basketball? Uh, and I went, I went. It's like showering you with love. Exactly. It's like, you know, like we, we want to know you and, <laughs> and, and, and you suddenly reconnect. And, and it's not about, uh, you know, being on your phone and, and liking somebody else's picture. It's like, talking to someone and having a deep interest in somebody else's life mm -hmm. and being curious, not because you want to get something out of it, but because, well, curiosity is, is I think, what we are. At the, you know, and we want to create connections. It's, yeah. it's incredible. I think next time I need to buy you a banana, not the coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's what uh, I, I tried in Hong Kong. People don't get it yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I've been trying to paint my own picture of what the slum feels like yeah it's it's actually it's very it's very rich i mean these places are, are unique and they're, they're all different i've uh, been traveling in manila uh, in davao in cebu and each slums is very specific if you go in davao there are old fishermen houses so they are above the, the ocean basically and it's all wooden made mm -hmm. uh, very very interesting structure so people live on top of of the ocean which is also covered with waste so that's a very very intense uh, environment in manila basico is I, i love this place because you have a riverside you have a beach you have a fisherman deck and also a school in the middle so you have different kind of architectures but at the end of the day uh they're all uh made of like piece of wood and plank there is no like big, like strong house structure it's just like how can i describe this it's like a very chaotic organization mm -hmm. with lots of like a mishmash of different things yeah and and what's interesting is there is not just there's not that much difference between in-house and out of, out of it so you basically mm -hmm. enter somebody's house and you don't even realize it because proximity oh, is wow. it's, it's very it's, it's a thing like small alleys and you don't really understand. very narrow yeah very well. narrow you don't understand that right now you're pushing the door of somebody's house and you're stepping into like a two two meter squares living room with Wait, five guys <laughs> no, well, i'm sorry and then there's also the marketplace which are really intense because here you have a strong strong relationship with, with animals and death 
it's very smelly as well. So there's like cows just walking around uh, as well, or no living animals. All dead. So we have a lot of oh. a lot of blood. A lot of uh, yeah, you see Ooh. a lot of flesh, a lot of poultry as well. So it smells a lot. Okay. Um, I mean, you. You're is it buzzing? Like, are people always walking around? Yeah, 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 it's quite yeah, quiet. Yeah, it's, it's a bit chaotic, but it's uh, I mean, it's it's alive, and I think this is what life is. It's it's there's no organization, there's no organization somehow, but everybody's like, like bu- buzzing around yeah. you, and, and it's. But I I would invite people. Here's the advertising side. I would invite people to get my picture. <laughs> <laughs> What's you your can, Instagram again? My Instagram is my name, uh, Ugo Di Mauro. Uh, U G O D I M A U R O. I think I think the slum slum architecture is, is unique, and I I, I couldn't describe it right mm-hmm. now. It's it's just so color colorful. There's so many texture. And, 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 and different environments. I, I, I love it because there is this this feeling of do it yourself. Yeah. Everything is do it yourself. There is no building. It's incredible how people manage to create their house and you have small gardens and they're recycling plastic to make flower pots and, and it's, it's incredible. It's a society built around survival. I think it's interesting you call it architecture. Not mm. that there's like any connotation to no. it, but usually people associate architecture with like grand, majestic churches yeah. and you know buildings and stuff. And it's just they're basically just designing their city yeah. to be functional and in the form that helps them survive the way they need to. And I mean that's good enough as its own architecture. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a funny uh, topic because I discuss about architecture with one of my friends who's living in Davao and uh, I was asking uh, basically what a designer can do in the Philippines like an architect mm-hmm. and she was telling me well here people don't need architects the people who are building houses are engineers but architecture is not such a thing look, yeah. at, look at our houses they're very basics and it's true that actually houses are just made to protect them so there is not just like not this kind of French architectures with a lot of decorations and, and work around the, the building. No, it's just very simple, yeah. very basic. So how would you, I guess like like you said, for everyday people or every one of us to make an impact, if not on a daily basis, regularly, mm. right? Um, especially in the context of traveling. Like what are some things you feel we as individuals, individual travelers can actually do to make an impact? I, I think... People travel with a plan, and and then they're gonna stick to that plan, and they will not look around, and they have already a clear obje- objective of what to do before going somewhere. And I would I would I would say that what is important is actually travel without a plan and be curious about absolutely everything that's around you, no matter where you are. Uh, just be curious. Every step you take, when when you are at the airport, when you you travel in the forest, when you meet. People, when you, every time you have the opportunity to interact with somebody, to hear a story, to 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 learn something you don't know about a place, go ask a question because nobody's gonna come to you. And as I say, start with, I say, what do you need? How are you? And these guys told me, we need soap. And I was surprised. Yeah. Wow, well, like what, you were what, expecting to have to get more. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting. Well, they're gonna ask for your, I don't know, a lot of money or <laughs> like uh, I, I don't know, like something bigger than that, but they just asked for soap. And I, I realized that this person had nothing. And, and, and 
and hygiene is 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 everything. I mean, if you don't have hygiene in a camp, then then, then illness spreads and and death arrives very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I went in the supermarket and then I bought uh, 200 pieces of soap and I, I I left the market and I carried all the soap on my in my bag and I I went back to the camp and say here it is soap. And I went back to Hong Kong and I was like, all right, we need to make this grow. How can I make soap something that comes naturally and then I can focus on something else? Mm-hmm. I found out a way uh, to travel with soap and I actually found an, an amazing uh, NGO in, in Hong Kong called Clean the World. Clean the World. Yeah, they are, they are collecting soap from a hotel. Uh, ah. which, which is, I mean, it's, it's an incredible uh, hiding, hidden market. Hotels are throwing so many things yeah. every 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 month. Soaps, especially the be- luxury hotels. Yeah, bed yeah. sheets, and these are quality products. Mm-hmm. And so these NGOs collecting soaps, they reshape them, they stem them, and then they gives uh, they they give you stock of soap that you, you can basically redistribute. They usually work with bigger institution. Uh, but I went there and I said, "Here, here's my profile. I'm just I'm a I'm just a, a guy who travels. I have a 25 kilo allowance baggage on my flight tickets. Yeah. I can put 25 kilos soaps in my bag. This is how simple uh, wow. I, I that. And and I met with this incredible woman who's uh, leading the NGO here in Hong Kong. And she said, "Yeah, let's let's make it happen." And she was, she she gave me a stock of soap. And uh, tomorrow I'm traveling with 25 kilos of soap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, your suitcase must smell like so nice. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty clean inside. <laughs> but it it's you see it's 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 easy. It's at the end of the day, people, yeah, it people, is. It, it's, people are like, oh, I don't I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Well, just travel, explore, ask questions, ask yourself also questions, right? and and you're gonna realize that your your body and your ability ability to talk and to exchange is already a great tool to help other. Do not expect people to tell you how it's going to work. Yeah. So you can sign up for a humanitarian mission and go for two weeks and, 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 and do something very specific, which is great. You're going to contribute to a bigger mission. But that might not answer to what you can do. Mm-hmm. This big humanitarian mission is not maybe your mission. And and this is what I try to define today, which is what, what is my mission for these people? Well, sounds like soaps is, is working yeah, well for me. Yeah, soaps and bananas. Yeah, soaps and bananas. Wow. <laughs> is that the other book? That, that, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That's cool. Soaps and bananas. Like, I got my, my, my book titles. <laughs> I it's like it. I love and, it. And it's, when you realize that, okay, that he's just a guy who, who booked his flight ticket on Cebu, Cebu Pacific, which is very cheap, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's not a money problem anymore. And you take a 25 kilo luggage and you, you fill your luggage with whatever you can. And that's it. So what what do you ha- what do you have in mind next? Do you plan to make regular visits? Yeah. Um, so there was this first ex- this first exploration, and I, I I then started to going there once in a while just to say hi to my friend. Mm-hmm. He's someone I I really care about. Uh, his children are really young, so and don't speak English or don't really interact. But I, I support him for uh, their education when it comes to buying some equipment, yeah. clothes. So I try to go to Manila as often as I can, uh, just to say hi. I'm also uh, working closely with an, um, an organization that supports children 
when when I go to Manila, I just offer them all my pictures, spend time with the kids, and as I say, like just being with them is is, is already a lot for them, mm-hmm. them of yeah. happiness and emotions. But my my other project now is more focused on, on Davao, uh, where I'm I'm working with some communities that are uh, very far away from their lands, or living in in some camps, and uh, they don't have access to. Uh, food, soaps, or any sanitary goods. Mm-hmm. So I try to provide them right now at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to travel soon. Actually, tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> back on back on the road. Um, I it's it's interesting because um, I don't think I want to be part of big NGO structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this model, which is which is my my model. It's me as a human being making an impact on my own so I will not save the world mm-hmm. uh, I will I will I will maybe not help thousands of thousands of people but at least I know what I'm doing and where where my efforts are going at one point I've been reached out by by NGOs who were asking me if I wanted to do photography work for them and work with them and, and I realized that NGOs are full of politics and mm. and, and suddenly you don't realize where, where would that go? You know, like, as I said, helping became an, an industry, helping became a business. And I, I don't want to be part of that. Yeah. So I'm meeting people every day. Every time I travel, I meet new people. And and now the, the list of people I'm helping getting bigger and bigger, but we'll see where that leads. But the beauty of it is that I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> where I mean, that's, 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 I guess that's kind of the best part. It is. Like, it's it's yeah. scary to not know, but at the same time, it's nice to not know. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, you, you yeah, because you, you, you just keep surprising yourself. And uh, when you realize that, okay, that it's just a guy who booked his flight ticket on Cebu, Cebu Pacific, which is very cheap, to be honest, and you take a 25 kilo luggage and you, you fill your luggage with whatever you can, and that's it. And you're gonna so simple. So simple. And yes, you're not helping thousands of people. Well, I'm just one person right now, and uh, I will see if I can build something around it. But yeah. it's, uh, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. And that's what I want people to, to remember. And I think what's really amazing is like what's really heartwarming to me is like even though you know you found your mission, these are the changes you want to make or the impact you want to make. But what you don't realize is at the same time that you're making a change on their lives, it's actually changing your life as yeah. well and how you yeah. see things. And and it's just that it's almost like that breakthrough moment we talked about just now and how it maybe even uh, like uplifted yourself from your darkest times personally, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's um, an, another interesting topic that nobody's sharing, I think, because. Mm-hmm. Um, when you walk that path, you must go through a time of self-destruction. You need to, you need to unlearn what you know about the world to, to to re-understand. And and basically, it's it's not school anymore. It's it's the school of life. Right? And 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 that might like disturb you a little bit at the beginning. Uh, I personally have been through a hard time after my my first travels. Uh, because what you see at first is, is poverty. It's, it's people suffering. Uh, it's, it's a lot of misery. You're going to see a lot of illness. Sometimes you're going to see death. And, and, and this kind of thing, you don't see it every day. You, you might see homeless people and you're just going to feel like, oh, well, bad luck. Mm-hmm. But when, when it's one or two persons, somehow 
sadly there is no impact on you and you just go to your job and that's your day but when you live in a, an environment where 50,000 people live like that something happens yeah and, something's and, and, wrong yeah something's wrong and you realize that the world you believed you were living in is maybe not that right so you you look at, at things from another angle and this transition can be painful uh, it's I, I personally I, I had doubt about about everything about my country, my education, my value. At one point, I was I was blaming the whole humanity for what was for what was going on in, mm. in the world. I was like, how how can humankind being able to to enjoy life like I did for the last past twenty seven years and and also and be okay and be okay yeah. while others are suffering like that? So I was blaming myself for just being aware just right now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like what's going on? Why, why, why wasn't I aware of this before? And why, why is it still here in, in this century? I think I, I went very deep into, into a certain level of, of depression. <laughs> and um, talking about it helped me a lot. I went through different ex- ex- exercises, sharing my story with people and realizing that uh, I was inspiring people to take action that my actions were basically a source of inspirations and that motivated me to actually keep going when I was about to give up on these travels. Mm. I, 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 did, I felt alone, actually. It was, it was um, a curious feeling. Uh, you're, you're alone on the road and you're alone to witness mm-hmm. this kind of thing. So when you come back to your, your hometown or when you come back to Hong Kong with, with all these memories on, in your brain, don't don't expect people to understand what what you're talking about. Yeah, they yeah. they can't. And and this is where there is a gap that that starts to appear between you and your your friends and your family and 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 there is people who first of all don't understand why mm. what have been doing there. They're gonna people are gonna tell you that they understand because they've seen National Geographic and and I mean it's true and and yeah. that's this is the worst because you're gonna hear people telling you yeah understand so sad but they don't get it. They, they, you, you can't understand what it is to, to, to be with these people for real, mm-hmm. to, 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 to share emotion with them. It's, it's something so deep that, well, you have to go there, period. So what I've done at one point, I tried to forget about it. I tried to get back to my life, but... You just can't forget it. You can't forget it. Yeah. It's, it's here. It's, it's deep inside of you. And I think this is, this is basically reconnecting with life. That's what it is. It's like when you reconnect with the truth of the humankind, which is joy, happiness, self-love, helping others, family, etc. These values. This is very important. Not salary, money, uh, Instagram. Like we, we don't. You know, this is this is not the real world. <laughs> so, I went pretty deep, and then I had the opportunity to to go on stage again recently, thanks to uh, Green, Green is a New Black. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing project led by two two women, and they're doing this conscious festival, uh, one in Hong Kong, one in Singapore, and they share a lot about sustainability, mindfulness, mm-hmm. uh, explorations, etc. And so I give a talk, and I was pretty afraid of sharing my stories again because I felt that I would trigger some some dark thoughts. Yeah, and, just and then, digging up the old yeah, exactly. Memories. And um, well. Actually, I didn't thank them for that, but <laughs> this talk brought me back to life. I went back on stage and I started sharing my stories again, and everything became so obvious that 
helping others, being on the ground with these people, that was my call of life. That was what I needed to do right here, right now. So that was three weeks ago. All of this is pretty new. Uh, I mean, if we just took a, take a timeline, I started traveling one year ago. Uh, I went there three times and uh, I went in a little depression period uh, like three months ago. <laughs> and this talk happened three weeks ago. So it's a very, wow. very short period of time, but I, it, was, it was a roller coaster. And, and, um, and by talking about my experience to other people and people coming to me and saying like, well, we want, we want to know more about, about your journey. I realized that you're not alone anymore, but you just need to know how you want to share your story. Mm-hmm. And you, want, you need to know what, what are the most important informations. So always sharing hope, you know, not focusing on, on sadness. News are already very good for that. You know, big highlights, talking about crimes and that, etc. It's uh, so I forgot the question. We <laughs> um, <laughs> were talking so much. No, you did a wonderful job. Oh, okay, I kind of right. forgot my question too. Just, Incredible. Well, yeah. that, that, that's the beauty of of, <laughs> of storytelling. Yeah. No, you're you're a natural at it. I, I think. I mean, the thing is, it's just so genuine, and like I could really feel it. That it's just. It's it's so inexplicable. I can't yeah. imagine. I'm just trying to visualize the whole thing, but like you're really doing a very good job of just sharing that. And I think it's really powerful how you said, you know, as an individual, mm. there's more to what you think you can make a change, and it's more about consistency rather than like I'm gonna I'm gonna um, dedicate two weeks of my time just to focus on that one thing, but making a change. Sharing hope and happiness isn't a yeah. one-time thing. You've yeah, got to be yeah. consistent about it and just do it on a daily basis as much as you can. It, it is true. And, and also something that is very important is uh, you have to make yourself accessible, which uh, somehow many speakers today or people or people are, are not managing to do that well. Uh, like somebody is, a, is, a, is, a, is an athlete and, and, and run for these people. Well, there is many people who can't run, you know, can't collect money through marathon or, or, or people just dedicating their whole life doing travels or these are very specific uh, actions that not everybody can take yeah. and that's why I try to 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 stay as human as possible and accessible I think is a very important important thing uh, to just to make people understand that it's easy it's it's, it's here for everyone yeah wherever you want to go if you travel or just if you go to work you can always help somebody there is something I didn't answer when you talk about it, that uh, what we discover about ourselves when we travel. And that's why I end with self-love. Uh, I, I think today people are expecting others to love themselves and, and, and we mm. should love you can. You need to love yourself before exactly. people can love you. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you can't approach someone and expect to create a love relationship if there is no love deep inside of you already. Um, the, the topic of the, the, the panel when I talked in Singapore was explore the unexplored, which mm. was pretty much what I'm doing. And uh, I did not end my talk like that because I thought it was a little bit too philosophic. But I think at the end of the day, the unexplored, it's yourself. It's not wherever you go. It's, you learn about yourself at the end of the day. And that's why self-love is for me something I'm nurturing right now. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Wow, that was-
was really that was pretty good. <laughs> what did you think? Well, natural. I like it. It's, uh... Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, Ugo, for sharing your heartfelt story. Listeners, I hope you can get on with your day or night feeling just a little bit more inspired, not just for your next trip, but also how you might want to make a difference in your own way. Don't forget to check out Ugo's website for more stories at ugodimaro.photography or follow him on Instagram at ugodimaro. Don't worry, you can find all the links in the show notes. Thank you listeners for tuning in to Wonder Trekker and hope to have you back for the next episode. <laughs>